Welcome into the official. We've got a great show for you this week, per usual. Um, but you know, I think this one's going to be really, uh, you know, interesting and relevant. We are going to go with our updated top tens for the four major positions for fantasy: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. So a lot of changes. Um, I know a few guys for me jumped up from a ranking, uh, you know, kind of with a 50 grade all the way into the 70s. So some major movers. Um, I think David and, and Matt have been updating a little bit more frequently all along. I did a major overhaul prepping for this show. So you're going to see a lot of new names, a lot of different positions. So get ready for that. And without further ado, this is the official. What's up? What's up, gentlemen? We've got some major rankings updates here uh, for the viewers. And before we dive in, we'll go quarterbacks first. But of course, I have to mention our partners in crime, um, homefieldapparel.com. If you have not been yet, you're absolutely missing out. They've got amazing apparel, t-shirts, they have sweatpants, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats. Uh, Of all the major college teams, but also even a lot of the lesser college teams that maybe some of you haven't even heard of uh, are familiar with the Colorado School of Mines. You can get merchandise for those teams at homefieldapparel.com. Very comfortable stuff and really unique take on logos, incorporating vintage logos as well as modern day. So definitely check that out. And if it's your first time, Campus with the number two Canton is your promo code to get 15% off your first purchase. And then, of course, check out campustocanton.com, which powers this podcast for you. And if you have um, you know, not checked it out, every, every show is someone's first. We have packages starting as low as $2.99 per month that get you in the door with some articles, some tools to uh, kind of evaluate college players and see where they may land on your college fantasy team. But also, uh, even if you're into Dynasty, projecting them to the next level really helps with some of those entry-level tools, and it just gets better from there with other subscriptions and get you even more bells and whistles. So go check out campustocanton.com. All right, with that business out of the way, welcome Matt and David. And this is, uh, you know, this is kind of a flagship show here. We're just going over rankings. We don't do this that often. A lot of times we're talking about updates in the college or in the high school football season or three stars or underrated guys or whatever. But this is just rankings, which I know people like. So you guys excited to get into it? Yeah, you know it. All right. So here we go. We'll just we'll just share this screen, um, and we will walk through QBs top ten for us. And I was very generous in my update. You can see all top ten of mine guys are in tier two or above. That may change. You know, this is still a little flexible. But I was feeling very generous the other night when I was changing some grades. So you guys have a lot less in tier two than I do. Um, I'll throw it to Matt and David. I guess whoever wants to answer first, looks like you've got Raiola and Lagway top two with Saiyan as number three. Raiola has gone wire to wire for you, Matt, I guess. Is that the case? He never dropped out of the top spot. Uh, yeah, it, 
I mean, it's very, very close with him and uh, Lagway right now. I think uh, really either I could make a good argument for being my QB1. Uh, I, I think Rayola had a little bit of a slow start to the season, and then he uh, he really picked it up along the way and uh, really showed his status as, you know, being the top guy in the class. Uh, but, I mean, Lagway had an incredible, incredible season. Uh, I mean, even, you know, in the playoffs playing against some much better competition than he did throughout, you know, the regular season. Uh, so I just think there's a ton, ton to love there. Both of them have the upside to be, you know, very early first round picks. And uh, I think it's probably what's keeping saying down for me, the lack of tools at this stage. Okay. David, I know there was a time where you were even considered saying as number one, but he's in tier two uh, and a number three for you. And Rayola kept his hold on the top spot for you, which I think you've been a lot more shaky throughout the season, but he's still up there with you. Uh, and Lagway in tier one for you as well, which is different than David. So, or different than, oh, sorry, Matt has Lagway in tier one. But um, David, talk to us about Rayola stayed at QB1 for you. Yeah, I think Rayola, I think his arm is just, it kind of is the big separator from the rest of the guys. Um, it's, it is pretty, like, when I watch all these guys back to back to back, like, his arm is just, like, on a different level for me. Um, I thought he handled pressure really well uh like matt said he sort of ascended throughout the year uh like he hasn't thrown an interception all year i'm pretty sure against you know really good competition like seven eight georgia so it, it is impressive um and he's had some like you know some decent touchdown runs like his overall rushing yards aren't gonna you know they're not gonna like surprise they're not gonna be very impressive for most people but it's enough i think so i feel pretty good about his um chances of being like a first round pick as far as like lagway i'm like really i'm like close i'm almost there there's so, there's still some things that bother me about it i think there is some risk as far as like um kind of like a i don't like love his motion and stuff like that and i don't love his footwork and i think he needs to develop is, is florida the best best place to develop i don't know so i have a lot of questions but ultimately he probably he probably will end up making it for me just because i'm of his tools and then like the thing with saying is just like i just don't know if he has physical upside to be like some long term like i think he might be more of like i have him more in like a second round nfl draft pick range that's kind of that's kind of what i'm thinking of him as um just because yeah i just don't know if his arm is really up to snuff so like i think he's like a five fifth percentile athlete right now or something like that in the athletic model. So that's kind of where I'm at with those three. Yeah. And I think these three are, are the clear top three. Um, you know, I watched Saiyan again and I just, I, I did give him really high marks for ball placement accuracy. I think he's really good there. He seems to have a nice nuance for uh, just kind of, being a good quarterback, you know, I think he's, it's sometimes hard to tell about the cerebral aspect on tape. He seems to kind of have some stuff there. I mean, I've seen him pointing guys in a certain direction and throwing anticipatory throws. I really like that. And he added some mobility, you know, I think it's not going to be a difference making factor at the next level, but it helps to think that he could take advantage for opportunities to run. Um, and with a class that, I do think there's questions even in the top top tier. Uh, he seemed real safe. I think he could start early at Alabama, which 
probably gives him a leg up on the college fantasy side for a few years of good production there. Um, he seems like just really accurate. I think he's going to be a good producer. Now, Lagway and Raiola, I agree. Both of those guys, if it all comes together, they've got capacity to totally leapfrog him. Lagway's concerned, same with David. I won't. I love Lagway. He's very fun. You know, he's throwing almost underhand from the hip sometimes. I'm like, there's a few throws. I'm like, I don't even know how he got that ball out. It doesn't even look <laughs> physically possible. So it's just weird. It's like, is that going to play at the higher level in the SEC and even into the NFL? But he's got some astounding, you know, upside if he cleans up some of the weird stuff that's going on with him. And then Rayola, still tier one. I mean, I would be happy with any of these three guys in a draft. Um, and it's hard to say. I think he just he struggled a little with mobility for me. I know it's like effective. Uh, he doesn't seem to want to run, though. Like, I don't think he really wants to ever. Um, and But he's, yeah, he's got all the throws in his bag. Uh, and kind of like what you guys said. I mean, best pure arm. And that's been evident since he was like a sophomore. So that's nothing new. Um, all right, then it gets then it gets uh, very different for all three of us, I think, when we when we go and we're not going to be able to touch on every single guy, but one guy we all have in the top ten is Walker White. I've got him at four. Uh, David's got him at five. I know probably why we do because we both really like that mobility and those tools. I think we've talked about them quite a bit here. I'll throw it to Matt. Uh, he's at seven for you. So lowest, but still pushing into that tier uh, two for you at 0.687 at 0.7 becomes tier two. Matt, do you think he could get there? What would you want to see? Uh, and I think they're still in the playoffs. So he's got a shot at winning Arkansas state title which we've been rooting for him to do for about two years now. Um, and so where's Walker White for you? And does he have a chance to, to even bump up once these go final, which is still a few months away? Uh, yeah, I also would like to point out, I have pretty much the same grade on him as David. We're 0.002 apart. So uh, I, I don't think I'm too far of the consensus here. Um, I, I think the sticking point of White, as we've talked about a ton at this point, is the physical upside is – you know, are, are amongst the highest in the class. You know, he's pretty close up there with like Lagway, Rayola. Just, you know, he's extremely physically gifted. Uh, there's just, you know, some technical inconsistencies of his game that I think even he would admit that need to be cleaned up still, uh, which, you know, he very well can. He's still a very young player, and uh, he, he has that upside for sure. So uh, it, it would be hard for me to see that in the, what, the three games he has left, but it, it's certainly possible. And, uh, you know, he'll always be an upside bet, but I still think he's a really good bet at this. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the fact that Auburn seems to have an opening. I mean, true freshman QB starting the SEC not, does not happen very often, but maybe by midseason or late into the season and then secure walking in for day one as year two QB at Auburn, definitely in play, which we like to see. We don't want to sit around, and wait two or three years. Um David, talk to us about Miles O'Neal. He's your four, knocking on that tier two door. But as you can see with a lot of these, I have four guys that are pretty close. David's got three. Um, 
and uh, and Matt has three. And then there's a pretty big drop for all of us after the first three or four. So Miles O'Neill is your QB three, but a big drop from Julian Sand. What do you like, David? Yeah, he's interesting. This might be it. I kind of just gave him a boost like last minute there. I, I like I like his tools. He actually on first watch he kind of reminded me of like a Jacob Eason. I don't know, that's not especially exciting for most people, I'm sure. But that's kind of where I have him in this range where um I'm thinking like, you know, fourth round pick type guy. Um you know, he he completed over 70% of his passes in the last two seasons. You know, he's got some good accuracy, a big arm. He's not uh, he's not awkward, like he's not too awkward. He's not going to run much, but he he didn't seem super awkward. Like his footwork is pretty good for a big dude. Um, so I think he can potentially be a multi-year starter, and then I think the NFL will be interested in his um, his arm and his tools and stuff. And I like I Walker White's more tantalizing to me, honestly, but like his decision making and like. Some of these interceptions he's throwing, it's just I we need him we need him to get like a long leash at Auburn. Like they just need to let him just like suck for a while and just like figure it out and let him figure it out. And he I think he can get there. He just needs a lot of experience. Um, so like I think he has like a higher ceiling and stuff. It's just hard to it's really hard to rank. It's really hard to rank these guys, honestly. Let's be a bit, I mean, 0.04 off. They're very close to each other. So, I mean, when you're, that's why we want to show you guys the grades. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or following along, I mean, you know, these guys might be ranked four and five, but they're, you know, it's a splitting hairs. There's probably the difference in like a 0.5 grade in one category that made the difference. So we're talking pretty close here. Um, I will bring up my wild card. Obviously, a guy who's been on my radar for the entire cycle, and, and nobody else is picking this up other than me. But Samaz Jones, uh, who's heading to Cincinnati, and I keep—I remember this time—I keep getting corrected. The depth chart is not wide open. There is a Drogosh who everyone really likes um, at Cincinnati, waiting in the wings for next year potentially. But I just—I like Samaz Jones' playmaking capabilities. Um, he plays at a pretty good school in, in Philadelphia and, um, you know, has played a decent competition, I believe. And after the first four, I think NFL upside gets real tough. And so I'm going with the guys I, I've got sprinkled in here, guys who I think can be, you know, very fun CFF and, uh, and give you a lot of that ground juice as well, which we like. So Samaj Jones kind of got a little bit of a decrease um or you know I, I i think he was four but he fell down to five for me and he's not in any of y'all's top 10 so i just want to say my piece about him i think he's going to be very fun at cincinnati let's go to ethan grunkmeyer here he's in all of our top tens um after my generous update the other night he's actually rated higher than me but he's my six and over matt matt's got him at five we all like him um but Penn State, Matt, talk to me about your idea of Penn State as a program right now because everybody was excited about Drew Aller and maybe it was the first time Penn State had a real QB who could be a difference maker and James Franklin has managed to just completely make that offense continue to be very boring and vanilla. Uh, is Grunkmeyer doomed for that as well, even though we like the tools? I mean, we can't see the future. We don't know uh, who their next OC is going to be yet. 
So who knows, maybe uh, it could look good. But as you said, it's just been, you know, abysmally bad. Uh, I'm really not looking at him as much of a CFF option at this point. I just, you know, I do like his physical upside. I do think he could go on and be, you know, a day two type pick. Uh, you know, because he's big, he's agile, he's got a big arm. And I, he performed pretty good at the Elite 11 too. Really solid numbers throughout his senior year. So I, I think he has a pretty clean profile from that uh, aspect. But yeah, I mean, Penn State is just uh, not not something to be excited about. We'll, we'll just say that. Yeah, and I mean, Aller was the guy who was supposed to be like, this is the difference maker. All right, for the interest of time, we're going to have to speed this up. I'll give both of you guys one guy to talk about in the rest of your top 10 that you want to highlight. First, David, go. Um, I'll go with Demond Williams. I just think, yeah, he's super, he's like five foot 10. Obviously, this is, I'm obviously thinking about college side here. Um, the only thing is, is he, it's, Fafita is kind of a thing at this point, it seems like. So you might have to wait uh his turn a, a little bit there but um he's just a really good playmaker super efficient plays good competition he just kind of checks a lot of boxes as far as college production goes matt one more name that you want to highlight uh yeah i'll just do christian martin i think uh, the last time we talked about him was our last ranking show uh committed to maryland a big quarterback with a big arm uh pretty mobile too He's pretty underrated by the stars at the moment. So uh, he's a guy I like a good bit. Had really good junior numbers, won undefeated, won state championship. Uh, it's really hard to get stats on, so I don't have anything for this year yet. But his team is 10-1, and 1, so he must have done pretty good still. So uh, I'm hoping to find some more information on him soon. But for now, he's staying in my top 10, just on the upside and landing spot. Yeah, I really wanted to give his ranking a boost, but I couldn't find any new – video or information, but he's definitely on my list the same way as you. I'm, I'm watching for Christian Martin, but bold, get him in your top 10. I like it. All right. So that is the QBs. Um, in the interest of time, probably need to be a little bit faster with some of the running backs, but let's just go ahead and bring them up here. I feel like quarterbacks, there's a lot of intangibles and nuances that we need to talk about. Running backs are a little more straightforward. Size and speed kind of trump everything in my opinion. And we all now have Cameron Davis at number one. I did some soul searching. I'm not that worried about the fact he was a running back or a quarterback running the wildcat all season. He's got the building blocks. Um, Matt, he was kind of your guy from the get-go. You've always had him at number one, I'm pretty sure. Uh, what solidified him there? And, um, you know, we have no tier one running back, so a little lackluster in general, but he is your RB1. Yeah, I just think he's probably the best pure runner in this class. I love his movement skills. Uh, he's a good receiver on top of it. Already, you know, his frame's already pretty close to maxed out, pushing 210 now. Uh, High-end baseball prospect, too. So I, I think athletically there's a lot to like there. And uh, just on the field, he moves so good. And uh, he's, he's really physical, too, actually, which you didn't see a ton on his junior tape. But there's some really nice highlights that came out from his senior year. Uh, we haven't got a ton of senior tape, though. He hasn't put out, like, you know, game yeah. tapes and stuff, just singular clips I've seen on Twitter. Uh, so I, I'm hoping to see that soon. Uh, the reason why he's his grade has actually fallen a decent bit for me is that we're a little bit worried about uh, Usman Chroma coming in to Florida State in the next class. Of, you know, if anyone wants our 2025 preview show, we're all very high on Chroma. 
So I, I, that does worry me about Cameron Davis. Uh, if that wasn't the case, he'd be you know by far my uh, top RB in the class. But you know that's keeping his grade down a little bit for now because I'm a bit concerned about that. That's fair. Okay, David, um, I'm going to sprinkle in, not necessarily go exactly down the line here, but I see Ezio Mume has made it to your RB3. And I will say when you're looking at this, like the grades are, you know, David and Matt seem to be more evil. I, I was kind of a little bit more aggressive with my grades recently because I was like, well, within this class, I kind of was going to grade within this class, not necessarily versus all time you guys are more in line with like this class in general looks weaker if you put them up next. So I probably should do some adjusting there, but in any case, Ezio Mume, your number three, David, and uh, I'm glad to see he's back up there. We all were very worried early in the season. So you're feeling pretty good about him in this class at least. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if the services, end up moving him up. I know on three has already tweeted out that he's definitely going to get a four star. I want to, I want to see how high he goes, but yeah, as far as the grades go, like um, I'm definitely grading, like historically speaking. So mine look a little, like I seem like a total hard ass right now. Like they're a little more rigid, um, like 0.7 to 0.75 to me, how I'm defining it is like uh like a third round pick type. Per so I don't really know if I have like a, like, a running back that I feel like the NFL is going to want in like the second round or something like that. Um, so like as you move just like a rock solid player. He's not super high in our athletic mile. I think he's like 58th percentile. Um, hopefully gets a little boost, you know, add some weight and maybe improve some of his testing and stuff like that. But uh, three down back follows his blocks, smart runner, all that stuff. Um, so yeah. I feel I feel like he's pretty safe at this point. Well, um, I got two quick names. Uh, Taylor Tatum. Interestingly enough, David liked Taylor Tatum all along the way and then dropped him recently. Matt and I still have him in our top tens, uh, high in our top tens. I really liked him, actually. I, I came, came away impressed. I think originally I thought he was kind of sluggish, but he's looked a lot better to me. Um, I like him going to Oklahoma because we've seen this year, they've, they've really got an open running back room. I think anybody can come in and, and take that mantle, which would be pretty productive from a fantasy point of view as well. And then Caden Durham, a guy who's kind of come out of nowhere for me, uh, but he's like 5'9", roughly 200 pounds, I believe. So he's kind of like stocky and, and dense. But he's so fast, you know, over 21 miles per hour. Uh, I believe he's pushing 22, like 21.9, I think we have him at. Um, going to LSU, which, you know, as a program, they just put guys in the NFL all the time. I don't know. I, I think he, he's been overlooked by me, but I like, his, uh, I like what he's put on tape. He's got the high-end speed, and he's, like, smallish, but – but dense. I think he can be a good uh, quality runner and we'll see about receiving work and, and some of the rest of it. But I think in terms of a class that's kind of weak, he's a guy I, I'm happy to put some chips on and hope he pops. Um, Quentin Martin, we all like. Uh, we've talked about him so much this year. David, uh, I'll go back to you here just because I see a new guy. Um, you've mentioned him before, going to Notre Dame, I believe. So a guy you're keeping track of, Aeneas Williams. Talk to us a little bit about why he's mid-range for you here, uh, high-end tier three. 
Yeah. Um, this is definitely, by the way, these are definitely not final grades for me. Um, margins are margins are very thin here. So Aeneas is just, the more I looked at it, like we, we, we looked at Kedrin Young. Uh, we liked him quite a bit. I thought he was like one of the better pure runners. Uh, and then we look at it like his production. His production is just like right. not impressive at all. So I don't know. There's some weird disconnect between the film and the production. Um, you know me, I like to check as many boxes as possible. Um, so Aeneas is just a guy who's been insanely productive over his high school career. He's tapped out physically probably, but it doesn't matter. I mean, he's like, he's five, nine and a half, I believe. Um, uh, what's his name? Tom Lemming. Is it Lemming? The Lemming Report guy? Yeah. Tom Lemming. Yeah. Uh, he has him at 220. I don't know if he's 220. He's he's probably at least, I would say at least 215. He, he's he's pretty filled out, but he's got a three. He can, he's a, one of the better pass catchers, I thought. Uh, he's got like 130 career touchdowns. Like he has over 3,000 yards receiving. Like he's just and and this last playoff game against one of the tougher opponents on his schedule, he had he had 330 yards rushing. So he's he's really starting to peak. I feel like um, he gets a really strong opponent next week. I want to see how he does in the playoffs um, to to kind of solidify his profile a little more. But like I said, margins are thin here. He's also a 70th percentile athlete, so it's it's a pretty Pretty strong profile, I feel like, overall. Yeah, pretty well-rounded, I think. Matt, I'll give you a last word if there's anyone you want to highlight. Otherwise, we can move on to receiver. No, I, I think we're good to move on. Yeah, I mean, we've just talked about a lot of these guys, so I want our viewers to make sure and, and see where we have them. But in terms of, like, the, you know, talking specifically about them, it, we've done that a lot already, so big changes are what we're trying to do. All right, let's pull in wide receivers. Big news for me, I have succumbed to the pressure. Jeremiah Smith is now barely my number one, but tier one. Uh, you know, him and Hudson are pretty similar to me. And uh, But I want to give the mantle to Matt, who's been Micah Hudson. I mean, we've all been Micah Hudson fans all year. 864, your highest grade ever. And David has it even higher, 866. But uh, last word on Micah Hudson here, Matt. I think he's pretty clearly going to stay your wide receiver one. Yeah, that, that's not changing for me. I, I just like his profiles. There's just no nowhere to poke holes, and I mean, he, he hits the athletic marks. He has the the game uh, game actually in game ability. I, I ball skills, yards after the catch. Uh, he's extremely refined at this stage. I just have very little concerns about him. I love his upside. I think he could very easily, I expect him to be a, a round one pick in the future. Awesome. All right. Let's see. I mean, my reasons for Jeremiah Smith jumping all the way up are over the course of the season, as I've heard other people talk about him, and I've watched some senior season kind of in-game highlights, not necessarily uh, the huddle highlights or whatever, but like just real game action. Um, I've been impressed. He looks a lot more sudden, a lot more flexible. Um, and I can, I'm starting to see a little bit of the high end X alpha type that has been talked about. And I'm just slow to the party, but I think it makes sense. And it's just too much of the same thing being said by everyone, but me that I realize, you know, I think I need to change my opinion here. Um, so we both, we all have two 
Well, Matt has three tier one receivers, so a strong receiver class here. I'm going to throw it to David here. Uh, Aaron Butler, I know it's been kind of Matt's guy, but he just talks. So Aaron Butler, pretty high for you and going to Colorado. Um, you know, we'll see that offense has still been okay. And what do you like about Butler? He's almost tier one, seven, seven, one. That's pretty close. Yeah. It's another guy that the services are kind of lukewarm on. I feel like, um, I don't know. It's just like, he's like sick after the catch. That's, I mean, uh, decent route runner. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people have opinions on, on him, like shutting it down early this season. I don't, I, I don't know how to think about that. Honestly, I'm probably not going to read too much into it, but the Colorado landing spot is fun. Like the offense is fun. As long as Sean Lewis, I don't know what's going on with him, but um, yeah, I don't know. He's just like crazy explosive, really good mover. He's got some, his ball skills improved, I feel like, from junior to senior year. And he was really productive in, like, the five or six games he played. So uh, I feel pretty good about him. All right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then a guy I have in there that I know we all like, but Kyan Barry Johnson remains very high for me. Um, you know, I've got him graded as a wide receiver, number five, which probably is pretty aggressive. Um I just haven't seen anything I don't like. Now, the only thing is kind of size and his role, but if he plays that slot role at Wisconsin, I still am extremely excited for, you know, immediate production and high-end production in that long-go offense. But that's a big difference. Wanted to bring that up. And, um, you know, but he's got tremendous ball skills. Like, he's showing everything that you would want, even though the, the services do have him much lower, uh, much, much lower. The other guy I want to bring up, we all have him, uh, is Terrence Moore. Matt, you've got him at wide receiver nine. This is a guy that David's been talking about a lot, so I'm going to give Matt the floor, actually, to bring up what you like about him. I re-watched the other night. which came away pretty impressive. I think he's a more complete receiver than I originally was giving him credit for. Um, and what do you like about Terrence Moore? And shout-out Clemson, two guys in the top ten here for all of us. Yeah, I think there's a lot to like about him. I mean, Athletically, he's pretty good. We've got him at 21.9 miles per hour. Uh, he has over a six-foot high jump, which is nice to see as well. Uh, good explosive ability. He's also pretty refined, though. I mean, he gets in and out of his breaks really well. He has a pretty diverse route tree. And uh, he, he pretty consistently got uh, separation in the full games that I charted. And uh, his ball skills are also pretty good. He can definitely go up and get it pretty well. Uh, I think he's a bit lacking after the catch. I think that's probably my biggest gripe with him. He kind of goes down pretty easy at times. Uh, the thing that's keeping him and Wesco down for me at the moment is, you know, Clemson is not uh, an awesome spot to be at currently. Uh, I mean, a freshman receiver seemed to produce there, and then just kind of <laughs> yeah, that's weird. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like both of them. They grade out extremely similar for me. I couldn't, you know, maybe next week I'll have Wesco a little bit higher or more a little bit higher. But I, they're, they're both in the same range for me there. I think they're both good, but not, you know, the highest end of receiver in this class. Okay. All right. We're doing a pretty good job here. Let's go to tight ends, which I don't I don't think I changed a whole lot. Um, we'll see. Bring that up. Um, let's see. Matt or David, we'll, we'll go to you. Let's see. Benton Kerr seems to be the biggest riser for you. We've talked about some of these other guys quite a bit. 
I know you've brought him up recently, but all the way up to tight end two is a bit of a surprise for me, at least. I know you started to like him more now, but. Um, yeah, I'm definitely probably on a somewhat of an island. Well, I guess Madden has him relatively high. I know he's not like, he's like 48th percentile athlete, which isn't amazing. His athleticism honestly doesn't like jump out, jump, jump out of you on tape or whatever. But like, I just think he's super savvy. I like the way he runs routes. I like his yak looks good. He's real productive. Um, there's probably some red flags. I'm just not really like, I, I still don't understand why Notre Dame didn't offer him. Like he's like this, he's this kid from Illinois that goes to a Catholic school. He's got like a 4.3 GPA. He's like, he's got all these things going for him. I, I don't, Maybe I'm just missing something. I'm not really sure, but um, Tom Lemming has him hit running a four five nine forty. I don't know. I don't know if I completely trust his any of his like athletic markers completely, but uh, looked relatively fast on tape. So I don't know. He's, I like him. All right. So you know, not a lot of changes. We've talked about a lot of these guys. We've drafted a lot of these guys because as you'll notice, if you're watching on the screen here, we all have seven tier two. David has eight tier two uh, with a 0.7 grade or better. That's a lot of tight ends that are going to be draftable uh, based on that grade alone. So it's a tight end heavy draft. And I would use this year to you know bulk up your tight end room. There's a lot on the board that are very fun. Um, one guy shout out for me, Gavin Hoffman, uh, going to Iowa. I just think he's a, a dog and looks really good. I'm excited about Gavin Hoffman. I probably need Riddell up and Landon Thomas probably needs to come down for me. Um, that was a miss, uh, when I was kind of going through these this week, but you know, we'll do finals later and, uh, we'll get those out there. Matt. Give us a tight end here that you would like to highlight. A lot of these names are very similar, but who do you want to call out that you especially want to talk about? Um, I would do Trevill Frederick, but uh, I think we're about to talk about him on the next episode we do. Okay. Uh, I'll go Walter Matthews just because I'm so much higher on him than the rest of you. Uh, I, I, I dropped him down for a bit because I was worried about the old Deuce Robinson thing, but now that he's just a wide receiver now, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's smooth sailing there in terms of his landing spot. I mean, he's massive. He's already 250, 260 pounds, uh, extremely big framed, uh, but also I think a pretty fluid athlete too on top of it. Uh, pretty good after the catch, solid hands, and uh, a really good blocker on top of it. So I, I feel like he's a guy that is just ready to go and he can honestly get time year one because he can play in line already. He has the size. He has the power. Uh, I, I think he can at least get some get in on some rotations at least. All right. Sounds good. I mean, for the most part, I think the tight ends, we've said it's a good class all year round. And the big riser for everybody was, uh, except for me, was Mitchell, who is, you know, we've been talking about him for the last few weeks, uh, last few shows where we've mentioned tight ends. So uh, that does it for our top 10 update. And, um, you know, we will give you guys final rankings uh, once that is, is secure. Uh, probably a few months, but eventually there could be some more changes coming. Probably not a lot of new names at that point, but maybe some changes, some shuffling of the deck. Um, All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, It's been a good show, and this has been The Official.